Let's look at our passage as we look at Exodus 33. And we're going to um, specifically start a little bit later than where we had before. And we'll start at verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name. You have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Who else What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover over you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face, my face must not be seen. Let's pray together. And in fact, if you know this prayer, so to speak, that you join me in this prayer. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus To reach out and touch Him And say that we love Him Open our ears, Lord And help us to listen Open our eyes, Lord We want to see Jesus Amen You know, we've been finishing up on the special theme of this year for 2018 which is pressing into the presence of God closer than ever. We're looking at Exodus 33 here, the the second uh, week in a row, digging into the example of Moses. You know, the example that he calls us to in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11, seek the Lord in His strength, seek His presence continually. That should be what we're about, seeking His presence continually. And we, we look here at Moses' example, which in many ways was not always His example. 
You go back to when he first encountered God in Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, and it says, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this moment, Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look at God. And you think that first encounter... It it was not one to seek God's face continually. That was not something that Moses started with. In fact, God said, don't come any closer. Moses now is wanting to come close. Guys, don't come any closer. This is holy ground. And Moses hid his face. He was afraid. But here we are. Fast forward to Exodus chapter 33. In verse 18, and Moses said, now show me your glory. No longer afraid. And instead of hiding his face, he is seeking the face of God. Crying out, show me your glory. Show me your face. Show me your presence. I want more of you, God. So what changed in 30 chapters? What changed? Moses changed. And his relationship with God changed in that time. As he set the goal of seeing less of Moses and more of God. So too, we today can still cry out to God, show me your glory. We can cry out to God, show me your glory. But, like Moses, we need to see Less of me. In fact, that's got to be the beginning. Before we're going to see more and want to come into his presence, say more of him, we must see less of me. Verse 19 and 20. Let's look here in our passage. Just read 18 and verse 19. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy. I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. No one can fully see God and live. This isn't the only place we read about this truth. He's asking, show me your glory. Show me your presence. Show me your face. And there's a sense that in this verse, you want me to show you my glory? You want me to show my face? You can't handle my glory. You can't handle my glory. It would be safer for you to fly directly into the sun than to try to come directly into the presence of God. In some ways, this is a little reminiscent of Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark in that last, one of those last freaky scenes where they opened up the ark and Indiana Jones says to the person with him, don't open your eyes. Whatever you do, no matter what happens, no matter what you do, don't. Not before the presence of God. Moses, that was coming and saying to God, show me your glory, uh, your kavod. Literally, a word is is weighty. Literally, that word is something that is heavy. 
what he's asking for is very weighty and very heavy. That's the very mean, part of the a literal part of that word. That's really what he's looking for. And Moses knows that. But he is so desperate for more of God's presence that he is willing to lose it all. God said, no one can see me and live. And yet Moses still asks, I want to see you. Because it's a good day to die. It's worth the risk. If I die only catching a glimpse of your glory, then all that's going to happen to me is I'm going to get to enter into your glory and fully see you. All the way. I recognize to come into your presence like this, there needs to be less of me before there can be more of you. To say that no one can fully see God and live means that those who are only dead, in a sense, therefore see God. Well, that's exactly what we're told. If we want to see God, we need to be dead to self and sin. As Romans 6 tells us, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. There's a sense that if we're going to cry out, show me your glory, there needs to be that death to self, there is less of self. There's no gain in the glory of God if there's not a pain in dying to self. As Luke chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus tells us, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. We see in this context of Isaiah 33, Moses is speaking with God. Moses is getting everything that he asked for. What better time to press in? What better time to ask right now? Uh, There's that sense, Isaiah 55, verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And yes, we want to do that. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. We're pressing in. We want that. But there's more to that verse. Because what it goes on in Isaiah 55 to say is, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and unto our God that he may abundantly pardon. We need to understand that what we are asking when we say, Show me your glory. It's not for some religious experience it's not it is a desire to be closer more intimate deeper personal knowing of god who is a holy god it's not like god can just take off his holiness like a coat and you say okay i'm ready for you It's who he is. That doesn't change. I don't know if you've ever had this happen in any of your homes, at least those with kids in church. You get ready for church, the kid comes down and goes, uh, Excuse me? Uh, and then the kid's like, What? 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 You're not going like that, are you? By the way, that wasn't a question. Right? I say, you're not going like that. That's not a question. You're not going like that. What do you think you're doing? Sometimes we think about entering into the presence of God. There has to be the sense where we awaken ourselves to realize, you're not going like that, are you? 
You know, it's one thing with, with all of this to recognize. We are entering the presence of a holy God. We're saying, show me your glory. And somebody says, well, 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 but, but there's God's grace. And God wants us in his grace to just come to him as we are. And yes, he does. He wants us to come to him as we are. But if we are going to enter into the throne room, if we are going to get closer to God, if we are going to draw near to his glory, we've got to recognize you can't come like that. There needs to be less of me if I'm going to experience more of him. Yes, we can come before him and he welcomes us. And yes, he wraps his arms around us. But if you're going to come to a greater presence of God, there needs to be a lesser part of you to enter into that. The person who truly wants God to show him his glory And yet at the same time wants God to show him a little grace for the little things that he just keeps hanging on to is kidding themselves to think they're going to enter into the presence of a holy God and have him show him his glory. When we have these little things that we know full well are not holy, that are not God's best. I'm not saying that we have to be perfect to enter into God's presence. Don't misunderstand this. What I'm saying is there are things we intentionally really know that we shouldn't be holding on to that shouldn't be in our lives, but we're just going to continue to do that and rely on the grace of God that somehow we'll be okay by the grace of God. Okay. But don't expect that, therefore, you're going to enter into the glory of God. There comes a point in time where we need to grow up and recognize that we've got to grow up and go beyond just saying I'm under grace to saying I'm under love. A love for God that loves him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, with all that I have, that I'm willing to empty myself of all this stuff, that I'm not going to continue to hold on to this thing. I'm not going to say I'm under grace. I'm going to say I'm under love, a love for God that desires and demands above all things that I'm going to hold nothing back but surrender it all before I enter into His presence. Show us your glory is to choose every day the Savior instead of sin. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 16, it talks about Cain. Remember Cain murdering his brother Abel and God tried to talk to him before all of this and said, don't go this way and you know sin's crouching at your door and all this. And what in verse 16 in Genesis 4 it says, and then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. And he walked towards sin. Now, let's understand this. Because sometimes it's, it's hard. Some people are like, well, I don't understand. He wasn't walking away from the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere. Cain wasn't walking away from the omnipresence of God. God is all, oh, everywhere. That would be impossible to walk away from that God and who he is everywhere. What he's talking about, he's walking away from the manifest presence. He's walking away from the face. He's walking away from the glory of God and towards sin. Moses wants to walk towards. But sin wants to walk away 
from the presence of God. So let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we can cry out, show me your glory, and we're going to walk into the presence of God's glory, into his presence, into his glory, and yet at the same time we're walking away from him. It's not possible for you to go both ways. It can't happen. You can't get closer than ever before if we, do, if we continue to live like we have before. You understand? This is not about whether God loves you. This is not about your salvation or whether you're going to heaven. This is not about all this. This is about wanting more of God, wanting Him to show us His glory and to experience that, to know that, to get closer to God. We need to recognize that we can't continue to live as we did before if we're going to get closer than ever before. I know there are things that we're doing and they say it and things like that and we're thinking it's really not a big deal. I'm not killing anybody. But sometimes we're killing the Holy Spirit. We're quenching the Spirit of God. We're, we're going in wanting to see the, the, the glory of God and yet the eyes of our heart have these glasses that are smudged that we haven't cleaned off. We're not going to be able to see. Before we walk into his presence, we need to lay it down. Whatever it is, to lay it all down before him, to be clean before him. We're trying to say that we want to meet God in his throne room, in a sense. It's to enter into the very uh, uh, holy of holies, to enter into God's throne room. When we say, Lord, show me your glory. And yet, if all throughout the week, We've been the ones sitting on the throne. Do we really expect when we cry out to God, show me your glory, that's what's going to happen? When at the very center of our lives, it's been us, ourself, ruling and not the Savior. Who is on the throne of our life? If we want to see more of God, there has to be less of us, less of me, less of self, even in good things. Even in good things can get in the way of the best of God and what he wants. We, you know, we want more of God. We, we say that. And yet our lives, we're carrying so much of everything else in our lives. There's not room for God. It's hard to add more of God unless there is less of something. But unfortunately, we can get to this point here and say, yes, I want that. I want more of God. Yes, show me your glory, but I want God to show me his glory and I want this and I want that. There is no and. It has to be. I just want him. Less of all this stuff. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. You can't be seeking with all if I want God and all your heart. All. A surrender that some of you need to make today. Even at the close of the service, we're going to pray this. We're going to see God show me your glory. But before that happens, before we have more, we've got to have less of us. Maybe that some of us just need to lay this down. It's a living sacrifice today. 
we must see less of me, but it's more than that. We need to seek more of God. If He's going to show us His glory, we actually have to seek more of Him. And for some, that's just hard to imagine. I mean, we've talked about it, talked about it earlier this year. Just, I, I don't see that. They don't see a picture of God in such a way. Um, they see God as a, a scary God who is distant and disconnected somewhere up in heaven. In fact, in many churches, I believe that's the description that they see of God in the Old Testament. And somehow they've missed it. That He's the same God, but they've missed it. And they're missing more of Him because... don't realize who he really is i mean here is moses of the old testament here is moses the lawgiver not thinking that god is distant disconnected or far away here is moses see this the old testament moses not thinking that god is someone to just fear but someone to come near, nearer than he's ever been before. Moses had been closer to God than anyone. But in this moment, he wants even more of God. In this moment, he's asking for something even greater. Show me your glory. And I know there are still those that think, well... I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that closeness is that, that closest possible for Moses. But that's Moses, and he's special. There's something different about Moses. But you know what? All throughout the Word, there are those who experience this kind of closeness, those who sought that. David said in Psalm 27, verse 4, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David's not looking for some place to stay. He's not looking for a place to visit where God occasionally stops by. Again, as we recognize, God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. But what David is saying, he wants to go to where God dwells, that he may dwell with God, where the manifest presence of God is, where that that glory that we want to show, that closeness with the glory of God. David is saying one thing I've asked. This is the one thing that Moses is asking. Not a big long prayer list, but just one thing. Just to dwell in your presence. Just to be in your presence. To experience, to personally know. Not just an encounter with a presence, but to experience a person of God. It's not about a visitation from God. It is ultimately about a divine habitation with God. Moses. Moses had been with God. I mean, again, putting, wrapping our, our, our minds and our hearts around this. When he says, show me your glory, this is not the first experience. God... And Moses were together on that mountain. He knew, the, in a sense, the presence of God. He was there, but not in this way that he's asking right now. Moses was desperate to live in that glory, to see that glory. And we cry out, show me your glory. Are we pursuing 
not just in some kind of religious experience, some visitation, are we experiencing a habitation with God that we want? What are we asking for when we come in here on Sunday mornings, let alone in our, other, in our times with God? Do we come here just to sing and to learn about God, or do we come to meet God? And again, somebody says, well, that doesn't make sense because I've already met God. No, you're missing it. This is not about that you've already met God. Moses had already met God in ways that none of us even can imagine. Moses already met, but he's saying, I want more. We come to meet God. Cry out, show me your glory. Do we desire for God to show up? To show up this morning, to show up in our times uh, with Him? Do we come here religiously just looking for a good show? Or are we looking for God to show? Are you with me? What are we looking for? For things of man? Are we looking for the service to be good as our focus on on the wrong thing or upon God? Who are asking to show us your glory. Too many, the focus is on self and not the Savior. And I'm not talking about somebody that comes in here broken and it's been amazing things that have just not been amazing but horrible things that have happened and, and we're wanting to come before God and ourselves, and but we're coming to Him and we want Him and we want Him to help and we want to just throw ourselves upon Him. But there are those that more in a consumeristic kind of selfish kind of way that's focused on self and not the Savior whose focus when they come into the service is I sure hope we can sing songs this morning that I like. Songs that I, some of the songs I, I, I know. I show, he, he preaches the way I like it to be preached. I hope that I can come in and get pumped up in my faith. I just, I, I just looking forward to being blessed today. Now, there's people everywhere doing it. People probably here today. But I would say there's something more. A holy desperation that says it's not about me, it's about thee. Like Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It is not about me getting blessed. First and foremost, it is about thee getting blessed. If we ever... God is going to show us His glory. We've got to come with our focus upon Him and off of ourselves and what we want. And just to want Him, Him alone. It's got to be about that one thing that David talked about. That one thing. You'll notice, speaking of one thing, there's been one slide up there this morning. I had other slides. And this morning I just took them all out. Just one thing. One slide, one thing, show me your glory, show me your glory, just one. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, join me, 
Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. One more time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. One thing I've asked of the Lord is that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all my days and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek Him in His temple. This is what Moses is asking for. This is what is about to happen. And it says, show me your glory that I could gaze upon your beauty. We don't need to wait until heaven to have more of God, to know God more. But we've got to have that passion to pursue like Moses, like David, that one thing. Show me your glory. It is you that I want more of you that I seek. Are we seeking a life of more? of God's kavod, or do we settle for the opposite of what that word is, Ichabod. Ichabod. The glory has departed. Which one? And sadly, many don't know the difference. They don't recognize the glory has departed. What is distracting? What is detracting? What is keeping us pursuing Him? What is that even the good that is getting in the way of His best? Because there is more. There is more. In fact, there's more to our passage. Let's go back to Exodus 33 here. And let's continue on where we left off. Let's go to verse 21. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on the rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. The full revelation of God would have been too much for Moses to handle. God says, I want to show you my goodness. The, the glory of my goodness, so to speak. This is how I want you to know me right now. And this is where I want to get deeper with you in our relationship. With God. I'm going to show you my goodness. And in fact, it is by his goodness that he's going to protect Moses, so to speak, from that presence. That he's going to put his hand and keep him safe in the cleft of the rock. A rock that saved his life. The rock that we would say today is Jesus That we are hid in Jesus and saved from the wrath of the holiness of God. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. We need to humble ourselves before and let him hide us in that rock. And so what happens and what's described in those verses just read is that Moses backs into the 
the the cleft backs into the little uh, opening in the mountain rock there just enough that it cuts off his field of view so to speak you know you can imagine just not being able to say all out but just kind of just right in front of you almost a, a, a one vision one sight right in front of you with blinders on straight ahead and then god covers even that with his hand many would be say i'd be satisfied just to see god's hand and yet the love and the more that moses desires is not just to see a hand of god but to see his face and so as god passes by god puts his hand there and as god passes by he pulls his hand away and says you can see the back of me to see the back which is still pretty awesome. Nobody's seen the front, so to speak, his face. And let's keep in mind as we talk about this, as we use this language, it is is not literal. We're using a language to help us to understand God a little bit better because God is spirit. It's not as if there's a back and a front and feet and all. We use that to help us to, to understand. But God is something more than what our minds can conceive and just say these kind of things. And so there's a sense that what really could be happening here in this moment is, is, God is what God is talking about is he's going to remove his hand as he passes by and that Moses will see the afterglow. The after effects of his presence as he passes. Not firsthand getting a glimpse directly at God, but just kind of what happens when God is there. What remains in the wake of his presence is still amazing. And yet it is that amazingness that we can seek it today, but experience even more. Than what Moses experiences. How can I say that? There is a sense that Moses. We would say didn't exactly get to see what he was asking for. I mean let's be real with this. That's not fully and he couldn't. But if you look at Luke chapter 9. You want to keep your uh, finger or your uh, paper in there. We'll be back as we're looking at Exodus. But in Luke chapter 9. We read about what we, what is often called the transfiguration. And we read about what takes place in Luke 9, 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter and John and James with him and went up to the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with jesus they spoke about his departure which he was about to bring fulfillment of jerusalem peter and his companions were very sleepy but when they became but when they became fully awake they saw his glory and the two men standing with him as the men were leaving jesus peter said master it's good for you to be here let us put up three shelters for you he didn't really know all that was going on One of the main things that takes place here is Jesus revealing his radiance, revealing his glory. See, Jesus in his glory right here. Guess what? 
That means Moses saw the glory. If there was any question about whether he saw when he went into God's presence in heaven, here it is right here as we think about here is Moses seeing the glory. And there's a sense that First John 3 tells us that we shall see him as he is one day. There is more. There is more to see. There is more of God we experience. But it doesn't have to just be then, someday. It wasn't just Moses. Isaiah, we read in Isaiah 6, he caught a glimpse of the glory of God. And it changed him. We read about the Apostle John uh, on the island and the, the vision of uh, the glory of God, of Jesus, that changed him. Moses died and saw God's glory. And all of us probably here today would say, I believe that, and I think that's what happened with me. We die and see God's glory. But if you look at our passage, Peter, John, and James were alive and saw the glory. They didn't have to die so to speak, they saw in some glimpse of the glory of God. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. As much as we may try to look at what's happening with Moses as some unique thing, the reality is it was not just for Moses, it was so for so many. And even as we think of us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 18. And we all, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory. Right now, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. There is more. As we cry, show me your glory, that's not a hard thing. When his glory passes by, it is clearly evident. It is something that definitely takes place. Moses knew when he was in the presence of God. Moses knew when God's glory passed by. It wasn't something he wasn't sure about. And yet today, sometimes we we say, I I don't know if I've experienced it. I don't know if I've had that sense of God's manifest presence. Yes, he is everywhere. Yes, I know he is here. I believe that. I recognize that. But do we really draw close enough to know the glory of God, to his presence, draw near to him? So I I think there was one time I got some goosebumps or I felt some chills. You know whether you've been in the manifest, glorious presence of the Lord or not. There should not be a time where we say like Genesis 28, verse 16, when he said, Surely the Lord was in this place, but I was not aware of it. Let that not be the only line we ever use. Surely the Lord was in this place, but I was not aware of it. I say to you today, surely the Lord is in this place. That's a fact. May we be aware of it. 
may we be aware of it. Let's press in closer than ever. Even this morning. There has to be a less of me. And so perhaps what needs to take place first is allowing God and asking His purifying fire to burn up all that's not of Him, to lay down uh, before Him anything that keeps our hands from grabbing a hold of Him, so to speak. In fact, symbolically, as uh, the worship team comes, symbolically, maybe for you, you just want to come near to God by, by coming up here, some think of this as kind of like a, an altar, so to speak, where I just come before God and, and I, I lay myself down before Him a, 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 as a sacrifice, kind of like Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. There's a sense in this cry to show me your glory is saying, I want more. To really come to God. I want more, more, more of you. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch him, to say that we love him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to listen. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Let's just take a moment now. In your heart, your mind, with your desire, Holy Spirit, fill us. Call out to God. Show me your glory. Show me your glory.